So what's wrong with slow and steady? Find out. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to Season 6 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, founder and CEO of Students Matter. In Season 6, I am once again delighted to host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, two of my favorite humans, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money. We are focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, I explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, when we began the roundtable and Kathy and Penny joined me, we continued exploring ADL, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In our last season, season five, we explored this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. And now we've arrived at season six, we're going to use our thinking as accomplishment-driven leaders to tear apart one of the most damaging aspects of the status quo, looking at everything, doing everything through a deficit lens. In fact, it's so destructive, I think it's driving people in droves to go find a new line of work. Together, let's tear it apart, learn to think through the great work we must all do, but shift it away from deficit thinking. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Join us and take a listen. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each educator that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Good morning and welcome to episode two in season six. Welcome to the wheelhouse, Kathy and Penny. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Welcome back. My world is complete once again <laughs> when Always. I start this day, <laughs> right? On a Zoom call with two of my favorite humans in the on the entire planet. So it's always fun. I could see. do this every day. I know. Let's do that. Let, yeah. I'm going to send you a You think we'd get advice. tired of each other? We'd be like, no, mm, no, I don't think so. That's a no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. So it's very fun to uh, to look into my computer screen and see see both of you. So, hey, last week we started to talk about, you know, the uh, kind of our theme for this season, which is, you know, uh, to to rid ourselves once and for all of this whole deficit lens, this deficit way of thinking about all things that we do in in education. So I'm really excited to see where where this um, where this season takes us as we as we explore all of those many facets of of the deficit lens, which we're all so accustomed to. And so you know many of us don't even realize, 
because we were trained to do it. We've spent our entire careers doing it, looking at everything from a, a deficit lens. So today, today's episode is called Slow and Steady Doesn't Win the Race. It kind of seems like a deficit model way of thinking about it, but it's really not. Let's go there. When you think of that slow and steady doesn't win the race, what comes to mind? I'm pausing because I, I typically Penny has such profound things to say right away and then I build off of it. So that's it's interesting because that's slow and steady doesn't win this race. No, not not we were just prior to to recording talking about, you know, the reality, right? So when you we look at where where we're at currently in education, where our students are the the needs right what it, where they're performing um it just we don't we don't have time we don't i mean their their lives are at stake and and we don't we don't have time to to be slow and steady but we're in this place of comfort you know we don't want to we don't want to upset anyone um the adults um so we we tend to to tread lightly and it ends up being at the the cost of of kids. I think about the word and and prior to we were talking about urgency. And I think about that word of urgency and the fact that to me that has nothing to do with slow. Um and maybe that's part of my personality too. If it's urgent, we we we've got to get it done. We have got to move forward and make this happen. How do we make that happen in a way that yes, is urgent, but doesn't create chaos. Um, but it's anything but slow, super intentional, super intentional. And so something that is slow and steady, yes, I think can be intentional, but I think there's this opposite feeling in me when I talk about urgency and intentionality. And even when I say like, because I, I say this a lot, it's one step at a time. But that's not one step a year or one step a, a semester or one step a week. That's I'm taking a step every every time I enter into the actions of my day. I'm taking a step in the right direction moving forward. That that pretty soon is a um, I don't want to make it sound fast as as the exact opposite of slow, but it's super intentional. I don't know. Is that making so it, sense? Yeah, because it's like can these two things live at the same time? Uh-huh. You know, so that sense of urgency, but understanding that if it's not with intentionality, you know, you think about the, the where this term came from or this, you know, from the tortoise and the hare and thinking about, you know, how chaotic and running and being exhausted and and having to then quit. And, you know, so it's that how do they, how do they live at the same time? How, what is that intentionality? Because that sense of urgency can't come with bulldozing everybody over. So right. what is what does that look like to be able to understand that we we can't wait, but it's in an intentional way? So I what you said makes complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And think about what we're what we're typically do right from that deficit lens. We look for. We look for really bad 
bad numbers. We look for really bad data. We look for a crisis, right? We look for a crisis. We find one, right? We don't have to look very hard, right? <laughs> we find one. And then we we think about, you know, okay, so we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to rock the boat. So we're going to think about a little gradual increase, right? We're going to We're going to fix that deficit by just a teeny little bit. And we're going to make people do all sorts of work. And the deficit's still going to be there. So even if we do that work well, the deficit still stands because we really never, we didn't really want to, we didn't want to fix it. We didn't want to throw it out. We just wanted to gradual, you know, let's just, let's just move three points, right? Or whatever, whatever it is. And so people are still demoralized. They work really, really hard. They do all this stuff. And, and, you know, they're kind of like duped into thinking that things are going to significantly change when the goal was just teeny little bit. And so at the end of the day, you're still like, oh my gosh, right? We still have, we still have this huge issue, right? That we that we've identified because we're looking at things from a, a from a deficit lens. I, I say, hey, you know what? Kids are in second grade once. So let's forget the deficit. Let's forget the deficit lens here for a minute. Let's just really think about what our kids need in second grade because mm-hmm. they only get it once, right? And what does that look like? And where do we want them to be, every single one of them, in June? That's a different conversation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you, I mean, fast forward, that same student at second grade has one chance, you know, at eighth grade. So what does that look like then when those gaps get bigger and bigger. And so understanding that and the needs of that eighth grade student can and are often are at this point in time immense. So how do we understand that we that slow and steady isn't going to get that student where he or she deserves to be? And especially as they're, you know, getting ready to move in into high school to where those, you know, demands become even greater. So it's if we don't and we all I mean, I'm going to say something that every single person listening, whether you're in this room with me right now or listening to us, that we we know that as those gaps get bigger, it becomes even more difficult to address that. And and even saying gaps means I'm looking at it as, as a deficit model, right? I mean, Grant's, Grant's looking at me like, yeah, Kathy, that word alone is like ding, 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 ding. Deficit. You know, so what is, how do, how do we, I mean, the, the needs are just immense. So the, the challenge is then getting all of us to know that we, we can't be just slow in, in response to, to students. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking my husband, my math teacher husband would be really proud. Exponential growth is what we have to have, right? Mm, So it's not about fast. It's in my mind, in my heart, it has always been, it's deep, right? Mm. And I only have to go deep with a few things before the depth alone creates the exponential growth, right? It drives it. And I think that's what that means by driving it. It drives it deep. Um, So I, I sat here thinking about that as you talked about gaps, right, Kathy? But if we go deep into those gaps and we truly understand what is at the core of that, the heart of that, the then how how does 
the one next step we take in the right direction toward our goal, toward our end result, right? How does that one step just blow that thing apart? And how does that help? And you, I know you can see this happen, right? We have this happening right now in the district I'm in, in one space, and it's small and it's tiny. And, you know, you don't, you don't get to celebrate it big yet because not everybody's on board or would even understand. And then then that ruins some of the work, right? But you go really deep with people. And, you know, when the three of us met and started really working together and it was all systems work, right? Oh, so necessary and oh, so lacking in so many places. But then to recognize that exponential growth comes from, yeah, systems in place and you're forever kind of like upgrading and changing and but it's the people. Exponential growth happens because a person changes and that changes the entire classroom. So I don't know, that's kind of the, my urgency goes along with the word, with that exponential growth idea of depth, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the fast? So let's look at it from the, from the opposite for a moment, right? If we, if we identify through this deficit thinking we identify big issues and we only want and we only expect of ourselves small incremental change, then in reality, we alone are making the problems bigger. If if that incremental deficit lens looking approach means that many of my second graders who only get second grade once aren't going to get what they need in second grade, and so they're going to go to third grade, and then I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to. Oh, look that's at a it. snowball, right? Right. right. I mean, you know, Kathy's example is is spot on. By eighth grade, we, the adults, the educators, mm-hmm. have created something that we are no longer able to fix because we have perpetuated this ridiculousness, right? And we have allowed all of this to happen, and now we have an eighth grader who is mm-hmm. ill-prepared for eighth grade and is woefully unprepared to go on to high school, right? And it is and it is this deficit lens incremental change that has flies in the face of, I only get second grade once. I mean, think about, think about you know, all over the country, there are these, uh, I'm not going to use the adjective that I was thinking, there are these third grade reading laws. <laughs> <laughs> right which is purely from a deficit lens and we spend all of our time chasing the deficit when in reality what we really should be saying is hey k123 we got four years to teach kids how to read let's go right we know how to teach kids how to read the evidence is all there so why are we not spending our energy thinking about these four years is being super critical and super important to teaching kids how to read rather than going, oh, well, that's okay because we'll put we'll, we'll put together an intervention plan in third grade when we think about whether or not we're going to retain them. Well, wait a minute. If a kid doesn't read by the end of third grade, who's uh, who giving them giving them third grade again isn't particularly helpful because what we did didn't work the first time why would we subject a kid to it the second time right we got 4 years to teach a kid how to read do it mm-hmm. right teach a kid how to read done end of deficit thinking we know how to do that well yep. you just make it sound so easy right just do it 
what is what does that look like then in the fact that the reality is we know what to do yet we've created all of these going back to that word gap with kids that okay now we've got to, at the exact same time of focusing on teaching them to read we've got kids that aren't reading that can't read because we haven't we didn't provide that and so we've got to address that because we didn't provide it exactly exactly right? we and didn't provide it and that we means, are comfortable with the deficit yeah and that means that i we the adults have to do things different what we've been doing isn't getting the results for kids the, the results they deserve and that means i got to step out of my comfort zone it's it's not going i cannot continue doing what i've always done the because change isn't about changing kids. <laughs> Growing them, <laughs> helping them be the learner that they're already wired to be, every single one of them, no matter what personality they bring to the table, right? Um, but it, it, yeah, it's the change has to come from within an adult. The change doesn't come from within children. So focusing on second grade, second grade for whatever oh. reason seems to be our victim today, right? So who we're picking <laughs> on, it's who we're picking on. But I mean, let's think about that. It, we can either focus on the deficit. Oh my gosh, these second graders are are, are behind. We've got to we've got to remediate. No, we don't. We need to accelerate, right? I mean, oh, come on. We you know we we don't intervention our way out. We teach our way out. But, you know, okay, so we can really approach this from the deficit. Oh, all these kids, all these kids, we've got to, you know, we need tier twos, tier threes, tier tens, tier twenties. We've got all these, 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 these you know, these deficits that we have to overcome or, and we'll spend our time chasing those, right? We spend our time chasing those or we say, hey, it's the beginning of second grade. Of course, kids are in very different places in terms of their reading, right? Or whatever, right? Or whatever, right? My the the goal is at the end of second grade, everybody's here. Period. Everybody's here. My job. This is what we're going to do. We're spending the year focusing on not slow and steady, not the deficit. We're going to have second grade readers, right? Whatever second grade reading looks like, we're going to have second grade readers by June. Period. That's what we're going to do. It's, it's mean, even mindset it's even, is everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, that's what I was thinking about with the mindset at kindergarten, right? Like they walk in the door and we start putting them in intervention groups. What? Uh-huh. Intervention they're not behind, they just showed up. I mean like and we all come in at a different place and space and you know when we don't give the grace to allow children to show up that way, we certainly aren't doing that for the adults who walked in the door either, right? Like, how are we growing them? And how is that changing the world for children? Um, yeah, so that deficit model so deep that we don't even give kids an opportunity to show up in September of their kindergarten year or August of their kindergarten year looking different from each other. So I was working a you know, penny. I was just, I just have to say this because I'm piggybacking on this, right? I was working with the district um, on a, on a plan, you know, working with them and they, we were talking about one of their, one of their um, approaches to education, which is, which is identified by, you know, an acronym. I'm not going to say the acronym, right? Right. Cause you know, I don't want a bunch of nasty emails, 
And, you know, and, and, and one of the comments was, oh my gosh, we have X number of kindergartners and this is a small district. So, you know, saying they had 25 was like a huge, huge number. We have 25 kindergartners, you know, and then they, they attached a label to them. Right. And again, I will refrain from announcing what that label was. You can imagine what that label was, but it was a deficit way of approaching looking at, at these kindergartens. I'm like, it's November. How do you have, how do you, how do you identify 25, a large number of your kindergartners? How do you identify them with a negative label in November? You I was have just, to, I was just yeah. stunned. You have I was, to teach them. That's uh, what we do. We have to teach them and it, they don't show up with it. And then we get to just like own it or, you know, celebrate it. We have to right. teach. And right. I just, yeah, yeah. we've no, said I so get. many times, teach your way out of this. Don't intervene your way out of this. Right. Yeah. And I know that someone's going to say, you know, Grant, we have kids that show up in kindergarten and they don't even know their letters and they don't. Right. Uh, yeah, hello. I, I understand that. I understand that, right? We are kindergarten yeah. teachers who should have the level of expertise needed to be able to respond yeah. to that. We we should know that some of our humans will come missing some of the things that we would expect them to have in kindergarten, right? We yeah, duh, we we get that. But we should be ready to go. We should be like, well, that's not a problem because I know how to do that. Right. I know how to do that. So if a kid doesn't have his letters, well, I know how to teach him. <laughs> right. It's all good. We, we yeah. know how to do that. Right. We know how to do that. So it's it's kind of our gig. Right. That's it should that's be our gig. Of, it's our gig. Right. <laughs> what else are gig. we doing? <laughs> teach. It should right. be our gig. Right? right. So let's be ready to let's be ready to accelerate. Right. Let's stop focusing on the negative, the deficit, right? And move people forward, move people forward. Wow. Right. And slow and steady, right? You can't be teaching these kids letters and no, in, 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 you know, in March, if they don't have their letters, when they come in September, we should be, I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. let's go right let's move, check that one off the list move on to the you know move on to the next one these are not these are not difficult these are not difficult tasks nope and it's amazing the celebrations when you really start having those extremely intentional teaching points right for those little ones i'd say all of them but how deep it goes inside of a child is amazing um the growth that they can have over a very short amount of time when you just open their minds to it it's beautiful so we should be full of hope because of that not deficit thinking yeah and we should be prepared planned for we should be ready for receiving children at various stages mm-hmm. of normal human development right i'm just gonna say because they're human they're 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 there's just tiny little humans that are going to show up in their own unique way and that mindset piece is huge and understanding that instead of getting upset and you know frustrated and how difficult and these kids don't have this and don't have that it welcome them 
as they are as tiny little humans and be ready to teach them because that's what they deserve. Yeah. How beautiful is that, Mm -hmm. right? When every single one of them in the room is feeling like, this is my place. This is this is where I belong. And I can be me. And it's okay if I don't know something, because guess what? Neither does Kathy and neither does Grant. And we might know different not we might not know different things, right? But what a be- what a beautiful example of what um this world should be. And so as we continue to explore, right? I mean, just the damaging impact of looking mm-hmm. at everything, especially children, but also ourselves, also our our toolkit, you know, the damage in looking at everything from a deficit lens and hey educators you didn't you you didn't wake up one day and decide to to look at everything from a deficit lens. You were programmed, you were mandated to look at things from a deficit lens. This isn't your fault either, but it is our choice. It is our choice about whether we continue to perpetuate looking at everything from a deficit lens or whether we start to think about think about things as opportunities and thinking about what we and, and remembering that children have but one shot. We can get better in terms of, you know, I can, I can be a better reading teacher next year, right? I can learn some things this year that make me a better reading teacher next year, but it is all, all of that learning is for naught for the current children that I have because they're moved on. Well, this conversation lit a fire under you, Grant. So it was a fabulous morning of, of, uh, of seeing your passion. It's great. I just think that we would, we will be happier, more productive, more impactful educators if we simply looked at things differently. Change our mental model and we will change how we feel about the world for sure. Wor- words matter, right? Mm-hmm. Words matter, right? Bill Parrott and Kathleen Budge, when they were studying high poverty, high performing schools, you know, one of the things that jumps out that they say over and over again is, hey, they just simply teach kids how to read, right? Done. That, you know, done. There's no excuses. There's no whining. They just, these schools just simply know how incredibly important it is. And it's just a given. Hey, going to have to teach these kids how to read. Done. Stay tuned. We'll see you in we'll see you in episode three when we continue to explore how we get rid of this deficit way of thinking. I think it'll be it, it, I think next week is time that we can pick on um improvement plans. So we'll be addressing <laughs> we'll be addressing the deficit lens in improvement plans next week. There's nothing wrong with an improvement plan, right? Absolutely nothing wrong with an improvement plan as long as we don't approach it from the deficit lens. We'll explore that when we return next week. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of Season 6 drop every Tuesday beginning November 14th and running through the end of January 2024. Throughout the holidays, we'll take a break here and there. After all, we got to go help Santa. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter, LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through Soundstripe.com. 
If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd just like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon, and of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can also be found on our website at Captivate, https colon forward slash forward slash the dash wheelhouse dot captivate dot fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continuously enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable is hard work. But being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this. We got this.